0: That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
1: Do you feel like you're responding to another human being? Do you feel like someone else is in the room with you? And I think what we're finding is, one, people are feeling like, yeah, when they have their avatar, okay, yeah, I believe that that's me. I feel like I'm in control. It's not doing something that I didn't expect.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Radio Motherboard. I'm Ankita Rao, your new co-host for Radio Motherboard, along with Jason Kebler. I'm here today with Louise Metzakis, and she has a really interesting story for us from Facebook. Yeah, hey Ankita, how are you? Great,
3: how are you? Good. Yeah, so last Thursday, I went over to Facebook's office here in New York and tried out their social VR product. It's called Facebook Spaces on an oculus rift it was one of my first times trying it out and it was pretty cool so what exactly does this do it's basically like a virtual version of facebook inside of vr it's pretty cool like you can take a 360 degree image or 360 degree video that's already on facebook and you can transport yourself into it which is pretty sweet and you can hang out with your friends you can call people via messenger yeah it's a immersive facebook experience interesting and as we know facebook has
2: very specific type of culture and the feeling they want you to get when you're using their products. So how did you feel when you were using this?
3: It's pretty weird. You see elements that you recognize from Facebook. You can access all of your content. You can make your virtual avatar based on one of your profile pictures. It's strange because it's at once completely familiar and at once not at all. I think One of the weirdest parts about it is that I think of Facebook as something that I do passively. Like, I check a message on my phone and then go back to living my life. Or I look at a photo and then go back to writing an article, whereas it forces you to be completely immersive because you're in this headset. So it's weird to have Facebook all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I almost wonder, would that help our attention span or do you think it would make it worse? It's hard to say because you can't multitask at all. I don't know. It's definitely if you really wanted to spend time with someone who you're not near, I can see it being useful because it's different than chatting on Facebook because you're really it feels like you're really doing something with them and they have all of your time. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely new and strange. So who did you talk to about this at Facebook? I spoke to Rachel Franklin, who's Facebook's new head of social VR. And she kind of walked me through what Spaces is like. And I think she's really interesting because she came from Electronic Arts, a video game company, where she worked on The Sims, which is a completely different game than Facebook Spaces. So it was really interesting to talk to her. Did you see any parallels with The Sims? It's funny because The Sims is like a god game where you get to like you know, run a family in a house, basically, whereas Facebook spaces, you have to like be yourself. So I think it's, uh, they're really different. And it was cool to talk to her about that. All
2: right, let's get into it. Here's the episode.
3: Hey, Rachel, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here and talking to me. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you originally came to Facebook and why you wanted to leave Electric Arts or why you wanted to seek out a new opportunity. I've been in the
1: video game industry for a little over 20 years and so really diving deep into entertainment and interactive entertainment and when this Facebook opportunity came up it felt like such a natural fit for my background in bringing technology to the ways that people communicate and interact with each other and so also being on The Sims and dealing with virtual humans And looking at what we're doing here with Facebook Spaces and avatars, it it just felt like a kind of a natural evolution from my background. That kind
3: of brings me to an important question. I think in The Sims, like I played it when I was a kid and it was kind of about being somebody else. And like I made a family that was different from my own, whereas Facebook Spaces is all about You're literally taking the profile that you have on Facebook. And I think one of Facebook's big successes is that they have convinced people to be themselves online, like who they actually are in real life. The avatars aren't super lifelike, but you're encouraged to represent yourself as you are in the real world. So how do you think about that or what is the challenge there? I think the biggest
1: piece that I'm bringing from The Sims experience is the understanding that you can be emotionally connected to a virtual human. And so it's very different, kind of like what you mentioned about controlling or, you know, in The Sims, you're, you're sort of it's a god game. It's what it's called, where you're not actually embodying the character, but you're controlling the characters. And so we're not bringing that kind of attitude completely. What we are bringing is how do you create an emotional response to an avatar, to a virtual character? And I think that's really the challenge here is how do you take your own identity and turn it into a virtual human that has emotions and things like that, but still feel like you're in control of yourself, that it's still expressing who you are as a human being. And when we look at Facebook really empowering people to be their authentic selves, we have to walk a fine line between saying, hey, here's a character... That isn't an exact lifelike representation of you that still has kind of outsized emotions and expressions and things like that, but that you still feel like you're in control of it. That's
3: our hard challenge. So how do you get people to buy-in to that? Like, how do you get people to connect to their virtual character? And why is that important? You know, like, I looked at that character when I was in Spaces Today, and I was like, yeah, like, I get that that's me, I reach my hand out, and it works. But how do you create like an emotional connection that's very different from like, a physical connection where you're like, I get that I'm actually playing this right now. But how do you get people to buy into being in that world? I think with the
1: baby steps that we're starting with right now, the first goal with the avatar is that you feel like yourself in it. It doesn't feel like it's doing something that's outside of your control. Um, and when you look in the mirror, you go, okay, that has features that represent me kind of well enough, not maybe perfectly, but yeah, it's that's my hair. And yeah, and when I swing it, it responds. And so I feel like I'm in control of it. Where the emotional response, or we're really leaning into that right now, is when you're communicating with another avatar, when you're communicating with someone else. And so do you feel like you're responding to another human being? Do you feel like someone else is in the room with you? And I think what we're finding is, one, people are feeling like, yeah, when they have their avatar, okay, yeah, I believe that that's me. I feel like I'm in control. It's not doing something that I didn't expect. So that's good. But we have lots of work to really make you feel like you're customizing yourself and feeling connected to it. And then on the other side, the other avatars in the room with you, the other people in there, do you forget that they're cartoons? Do you just start acting in the moment? Do you just start connecting with another person? And actually, we're finding that that's true, that people forget that they're Avatars, they forget that they're cartoons, they forget that they're even wearing a headset and holding controllers. They're just being in the moment with another person.
3: Thinking about baby steps and about like reaching these goals kind of brings me to like another point. Sims was a huge success, like across the board, whereas VR adoption has been fairly slow. Like there have been less than seven or eight million headsets bought worldwide. So it's kind of like a really new space and it's also like, you know, a space that's taken some time to take off. And what do you think? success will look like for Facebook. Is it gonna be when a billion people adopt VR? Is it gonna be when ten million adopt it? What kind of like benchmarks are you looking for? And like what is success for you in social VR for Facebook? We're we're just in the beginning, you know? So I think
1: that one of the major, major goals that I have for VR and I think spaces is starting to do a really good job of is allowing everybody to see themselves in VR. That it doesn't seem like it's something for some tech audience or, oh, I have to be a certain demographic to really understand this or feel like I could be in there or master it. That even for people outside of VR seeing some of the things coming out of Facebook spaces, like when you go live and show people what you're doing in it or make a messenger call, that somebody else could see that and say, oh, wow, that looks fun. Like, that looks like something that's inviting for me that I might want to do. And so success for us is if people outside of VR can find themselves using this, that could see themselves and perhaps aspire to, to be in VR. But also I think ultimately our mission is to connect people and bring them closer together. And if we can give you one more tool in your arsenal to connect with another human being and actually feel present with them, then I think we're doing something really right.
3: So you say like you want VR to be for everybody, but is there kind of a target audience or is there like a certain group of people that you're thinking about when you are creating these spaces? Like, how do you think about what kinds of features to include and what features not to? Like, what is kind of like the testing like behind the scenes when you're thinking about what this audience is going to be like and who this product is going to be for. like What's like kind of the process that you think about? One of the rules we have
1: in developing this is that it has to be for the demographic that we hope will use it, not necessarily the demographic that has VR right now. And that's really important because it sets a different tone than you might expect. And I think if we look at The Sims as an example of a game that felt like it was available to everybody it's because it has a tone that feels welcoming and a mental model that everybody understands. Like I understand life. And so if I can take a look at Facebook spaces and watch somebody else that might be in there and think, Oh, it's a couple of people hanging out and talking to each other and maybe drawing some funny drawings and sticking them on each other. Like that's something that everybody can understand. And if there's a tone of delight and friendliness then I feel like we're building for people we want to come in, not necessarily who has a headset today. And that's really important. And I also think to be able to gain value from VR, even if you're not in a headset, is really important. We just launched the going live from Facebook Spaces feature, and and in our video we show a teacher having open office hours. And not all of the students are in VR. Some of them are watching from their phones or their computers or their tablets and they're still gaining value from it. And so I think that's a really important note that it extends past just who's in VR.
3: Right. I think it's interesting to kind of have it be a more open system because I think that's what kind of differentiates Facebook spaces from other forms of VR other VR games is that you don't have to be inside of it to actually understand what's going on from the outside, which I think is interesting, which kind of brings me to another question like with the teacher, like beyond like people just talking to like, you know, friends and family in their own life. How do you envision the product being used by say like news organizations or by like other groups? Like, do you see like a use case there? And like, what would that, Look like there are so many more use cases for Facebook
1: Spaces. I'm I'm just I'm excited to see how we grow it and expand the audience. We kept it really small to just friends and family because we wanted to test the hypothesis. If you are with somebody,
0: hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: You already have a relationship with, and you might not physically be together Can we make you feel like you are physically together? Can we have you have a relationship moment with another person that isn't even in the same room? And so that's definitely been proven out, which is really exciting. So now it's thinking about, okay, how do we expand this product? Do we expand the audience? Do we give me more things to do? Do we have other ways to connect with people
3: outside of VR? And I want to do everything all the time immediately, right? Tell me a little bit about what that process is like and like what your team is thinking about for the future and what you guys are thinking about right now and like what that's going to look like. Like, what will Facebook Spaces look like in a year or two?
1: Our hope for Spaces is that we give people another opportunity to to communicate with each other. So we have ways we can text each other, we can make phone calls, we can make video calls. And if this is another kind of tool in your arsenal to be able to connect with someone you care about, then that's awesome. I think if we have people thinking of VR as, oh, I'm going to go VR call my mom today instead of you know, using another communication device because they find it valuable, then that's great. And then I think in terms of just having more things to do, more experiences that we can give you to do together is something we're definitely focused on. And then I would say lastly is like growing the population of people that can use it. I think about groups on Facebook are so meaningful to so many people. How can we allow a group to interact inside of spaces? And we have to do that really thoughtfully and carefully, but it's absolutely something that that is exciting to bring into spaces. What do you have to be careful about? We have to be careful that we're not placing somebody into a situation where they're physically next to another human being and have them not feel comfortable. That idea of coming into spaces feeling welcome, feeling like you're in control and masterful and feeling safe is really, really important to us. So we take that very seriously.
3: Right. I think it's really interesting to think about, you know, like if you read a mean comment online or something, it's, you know, one thing it can be hurtful, but I think it would be hurtful times 10 to have like a virtual avatar doing that towards you or like having a bunch of them. It's like one thing to have like a bunch of comments pile on, but it's completely different to have a bunch of virtual avatars coming after you. So I understand like the kind of carefulness about that. And I think I'd love to hear your thoughts on like how you think it will change the way people behave. Because I feel like, you know, being in spaces earlier, I felt a lot more like myself in real life. And I think that the way I behaved and talked was uh, different than maybe I do in front of a keyboard. So I wonder, like, have you guys thought about that? And what what are your kind of your thoughts on like how people behave in VR? Is it closer to real life? Is it more like being behind a keyboard? Is it some sort of middle ground? This is really a really interesting kind of learning that I've noticed,
1: is that the social norms that you have when you're with another person, the the sort of like even the distance we have right now between each other, that there's sort of this unspoken space that you have, and how you're expected to behave, that comes out in VR. And that's the cool part about you know your brain gets tricked that you're actually somewhere that you're not or you're with somebody that you're not actually with and it brings out the good in the social norms that we're used to whereas I think it's much easier to break that online in front of a keyboard like you're saying in text it's a lot easier to sort of go wild with that uh, versus feeling like oh this is this is another actual person in front of me that I believe is there and then I'm going to treat the way I would as if they were next to me.
3: I guess the kind of the flip side of that is, for example, like earlier today, I was in like an ISS, like the International Space Station, but it was just a simulation of what the ISS might be like. And I was kind of like, oh, like, is this a real 360 photo? Like, I don't even know. So what do you think about the fact that virtual reality can blur the line between what's real and what's not? And like, if someone's going live in spaces and like, it's just a 360 photo, but like, they're like, no, I'm actually here. Like, you know, I can see ways that can be like manipulated and it's a virtual world and like what do you think about that and how do you kind of reconcile like the fact that the world is virtual
1: so when it comes to vr we're really focusing on taking your facebook friends and family with your facebook true identity and your facebook content that you're interested in and that is personally meaningful to you and putting all of those things together i mean i think vr in general There's so many different things you can do with it. The part that we're really focused and interested in is connecting people that have a relationship and bringing them experiences that are personally meaningful. So we think about going to the space station. I would think about doing that with somebody I care about right? I would think about experiencing something I couldn't otherwise think about, or, you know, hey, we're going to take a trip somewhere and let's explore it together first, or we're going to buy a house. And so how can I have an experience like that? I think the difference in what we're doing is the relationship between the people that are actually in the space together, and that there's a meaningful aspect to what it is you're actually doing in the space together, whether that's viewing content or being in a virtual world together it brings out kind of how you would behave in real life and so I think, I, I think it grounds it in a way.
3: Has anything surprised you? Because this is kind of really new that it's, you know, super different from what you've done before. It's also new in general because you're leveraging a platform of literally billions of people and building VR on top of that rather than going backwards and like, you know, a small games company that's just building like one VR game. It's really different to be a global social media company that's delving into this. Like, has anything surprised you in that process? Or what have you learned that you didn't know before?
1: Gosh, we're learning every, every single day we're learning things. I, I think it's really exciting. I mean, I think we take the responsibility of that tone that I talked about before really seriously. That idea that we want people to feel welcome and have an experience that delights them. That's a big responsibility, and I think that's really important. I think we've also learned even things like that you don't have to be in VR to get the benefits of VR. So one example is messenger calling. Out from spaces is a really big thing. And we were sort of like, okay, is this a novelty? Or is it actually meaningful? And it turns out that even when you're on the viewing end of a messenger video call, you get the body language. You get the view of the 360 and the things that are being brought in. And really feel like you're participating in it, even if you're not in a VR headset. I think that was really surprising to us, because I'm sure you felt like when you got into spaces, it's like, oh, okay, now I understand the presence thing that we keep talking about, like where you feel like you're there. It was surprising to us how powerful it can be when you're not even in the headset, when you're watching somebody else in there.
3: So speaking of messenger calls, the other day I got into like a shared car and like the other passenger in the car was actually like on a Facebook messenger call like while she was riding in the car, which kind of brings me to like an interesting point is that when you're in VR, you're fully dedicated to what you're doing. Whereas I think a lot of the time people are like checking Facebook Messenger like while they're doing something else or like sending a message and then going back to work or whatever. How do you think about that ask? Because you're asking people to like like, yeah, do a new experience with somebody they care about, but to fully dedicate their time to, like, experiencing this technology. And, like, how is that different from, like, you know, I'll check Twitter and then I'll go back to Facebook and, like, then I'll go back to writing an article. How do you, like, ask people to do that? And, like, what is kind of, like, the pitch to them? Like, why should they fully immerse themselves? If we ask
1: you to take over your eyes and your ears and your hands, the experience that we provide better be great. So there's a huge responsibility there. I think there is nothing as fascinating or as awesome as being with somebody that you can't be with in real life and actually feeling like you're present. And so the the question for us was, is that is that meaningful enough? And I think we found that, yes, it is. But it is a huge responsibility. And when I talk about things like making sure that you feel like you know what to do in there and that you're seeing familiar things like oh okay that's my facebook content like i posted that picture that's my picture little things like that that make you feel like you're in a place that is familiar to you and meaningful to you that's really important when it comes to that responsibility of immersing you
3: the friction is high and so we have to pay off on that I know there are plans to bring Facebook Spaces to, like, other headsets soon or to, like, other platforms. Like, what's kind of, like, the distribution? Do you hope in the future, like, will I be able to, like, go into, like, my local, like, coffee shop and, like, the, so people will be in Facebook Spaces? Like, is that kind of the hope? I think if
1: it's if it's meaningful to people to be able to connect, which we hope it is, then we want them to be able to do that from as many places as possible. So we intend to bring it to platforms as best as we can. And that's absolutely the plan. We have to make sure that we're
3: doing it in a thoughtful way. For sure. Thank you so much, Rachel. I really appreciate you talking to me today.
1: Thank
2: you. It was a
3: pleasure. That was fascinating, Louise. Did Rachel say what she's working on next? She was pretty tight-lipped about what Facebook was up to, but I can only imagine that they're going to continue to build out the product um, I think we'll be seeing more of it in the next coming years.
2: So as we know, VR is both a fascinating and fraught new territory. And I'm wondering, what do you think will happen with this?
3: Honestly, I am really skeptical of VR. And I think it will probably remain one avenue that you can interact with Facebook and you can interact with your Facebook friends using. But I am really skeptical that it will become like a dominant part of the social networks modes of communication, especially because I think a lot of Facebook growth is happening in markets that are not people who can afford or are interested in you know, buying an Oculus headset.
2: Yeah, I think one of the main critiques I've seen of VR, both with the actual products and also the programming of some of the things that are available, is it leaves a lot of people out. And I wonder if Facebook would be able to bridge that gap.
3: Yeah, I think not anytime soon, probably. But it's interesting to think about these gigantic social networks moving into these spaces and to see what they're doing there.
2: Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. That was Louise Matsakis. She's an assistant editor here at Motherboard and an amazing reporter. Follow her stuff on Motherboard and on Facebook and on Twitter. Our editor today was Tim Barnes and I'm Ankita Rao. Hope to see you next week.
0: only from rustolium